Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today in the Chaldean Church of our diocese, we celebrate the feast day of St. Thomas the Apostle. So our diocese is called St. Thomas Diocese after St. Thomas the Apostle. All of our ordinations that take place yesterday, uh, Father Deacon Amir became Father Amir because around this time, that's when uh, our, our ordinations happen uh, on our feast days. So always end of June or beginning of July on that Saturday. And so what a blessing that we, we have one more priest that has joined us. Um, and, to, uh, and so I was just reflecting, and I really love being a priest. And uh, today I celebrate my seventh anniversary as a priest. And every year I like to reflect Every year as I, I, I pass my anniversary, I always like to reflect on why did I become a priest? Why did I become a priest? Like not in a, like a, in a regretful way, right? I really enjoy it. I love it. But I, I just want to make sure my mission is always the same. I want to make sure that, that I haven't lost what it is that I started with. So, you know, as I, as I think about that, like why did I become a priest, right? And, you know, uh, as a priest, as, as we can imagine, the pay is not great. But really, um, we're under constant scrutiny by community members all the time. You know, I, I'll go to weddings, this guy tells me, take your collar off, why are you dancing? My best friend's wedding, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to sit down on the side, be a boomer, like, I'm here, I'm having a good time, you know? So under constant scrutiny by the community, uh, sometimes God calls us as priests to preach about things that we don't really want to preach about, right? It's difficult, it's going to hurt people's feelings, right? We're tempted as priests more than the average person, not that we're not all tempted, but we are tempted more than the average person. Our days can be an emotional roller coaster as priests. I just think of even last Sunday. I had Mass at 10.30 a.m. I went and anointed my cousin who's dying from cancer. So like this up and then this down. And then I came back for baptisms. And so there's this constant like roller coaster of a day. So why? Why did I become a priest? Like what did I sign up for? And so the reason, as I reflect, and my, my answer has been the same over the past seven years, even this year. And the reason I became and chose to be a priest is because of truth. Right? That in the Catholic Church, through Jesus who calls himself the truth, I found love. It's truth which helped me fall in love. Right? You don't give your whole life to something that is, that's a lie, that's a total fraud. Nobody wants to be lied to. Right? And so it's always truth. And today I just want to talk about three truths. It was really beautiful that today these three truths which helped me say, I'm not, I'm not Catholic because I'm baptized Catholic. Right? I've had my journey of faith up and down looked at different churches. But as I've had this journey over the years, even before I became a priest, I started to realize that three of the truths which made me, help me become a priest, this conviction that the, the truth rely, uh, is, is here in the, in, the, in the Catholic Church, that we're in today's reading. So I just want to share those with you. The three things I'm going to go through today, you could probably say, I know these things. But guess what? As Catholics, and I was one of them, I didn't know how to explain it to other people. Right? I didn't know how to tell other people what it is that we believed in. So we know, but do we know how to evangelize, how it is that we take our faith outside of these doors? So the first truth from today's reading came from uh, the second reading from St. Paul, that this truth, that Jesus is God, really paved the way to help me become a priest. Right? I used to think Jesus is a nice guy, and, and you know, some people think that he's just a nice guy, and he has some really beautiful re, uh, beliefs and some teachings, but I didn't really believe he was God. Some of it is because I didn't want to change my lifestyle. Sometimes we make Jesus as a puppet. I want him to be what it is that I want him to be. Right? I want him to fit into my lifestyle versus me conforming my lifestyle so I can follow Christ. And so Jesus being God, this truth that Jesus is God— I came to see it over and over again through the Holy Bible. 
But I start to ask myself, is the Bible reliable? You know the game telephone, I tell you one thing in over 2,000 years, maybe the message changes. How do I know for sure that just because the Bible says Jesus is God, I should really be convicted by that? Why should I follow the Bible? Why should I really see it as a reliable source? Sometimes people will say that, right? Like, oh, you've heard the game telephone, and the game telephone, you tell one person one thing, and by the time it gets to the other person, it has completely changed. And so today in the Bible, right, can we take the Bible serious? And that was questions I used to wrestle with, right? But it was this wrestling with, is the Bible reliable? Can I trust the Bible that Jesus is God? And I came across this, that currently, presently, right now, today, there are 5,686 Greek manuscripts in existence of the New Testament. So the more reliable, the, 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 the more manuscripts you have of a book, the more reliable it is. We have over 5,000 of New Testament manuscripts. So, for example, Aristotle, as a philosophy major, at one point we, I take some philosophy classes, we would study Aristotle. And Aristotle would say some of his writings, they didn't have that many manuscripts. But we're learning in philosophy about these philosophers. So, for example, Aristotle has 49, we can find 49 of his original manuscripts. But in the Bible, when it comes to the Bible, there's over 5,000. And there's no book like it. So then I was like, I can take this more serious. It is a reliable source, just from a historical standpoint. Today, this truth made me realize that the Holy Bible is more reliable than any other book and can be trusted. In today's second reading, St. Paul says this, For I handed on to you as a first importance what I also received. So what he's saying to the Corinthians is, I'm handing on to you guys what I received from the apostles who follow Jesus. I'm handing on to you first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then, he, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 5,000 brothers at once, most of whom are still living, but some have passed away. So I started to think, if I can take the Bible serious, if it's reliable, all these manuscripts... And the Bible says that this man, who is Jesus, is not just a man. He didn't just claim to be a man. He said, I'm God, and I'm going to prove it by resurrecting from the dead. And there were 500 witnesses there 2,000 years ago. They saw this Jesus man raised from the dead. They saw his hands and his feet. And they gave their lives to him. So Jesus, being God, was the first truth, and we saw it in today's reading, of why it is that helped me come to this realization that I wanted, I could put my trust in this book, which then, fast forward, helped me to not only be a good Catholic man and take my faith serious and really treat Jesus as if he's God rather than my puppet, and then do his will to become a priest. That's the first truth. Jesus is God. Second truth, we saw this in today's readings. Jesus commands us to confess our sins. Right? Some people sitting here, we have family members, people we go to school with, uh, people we live with, people, you know, whatever. But confession is not something for me. Right? This is a truth. We just kind of manipulate it. But in my ego, in my excuses of just not wanting to stand in line and go to confession, I just said that, no, that I, I don't want to do that. But this truth that Jesus, is he calling me to confess my sins to a priest? If he's calling me to this truth, I have to do it. And through that truth, my life started to change. Right again, when I was younger, I didn't think confession was very important. Like, who's that guy in that confession? Especially like Father Perrin. If I came across this guy in confession, right? Well, my excuse was is that, that this, 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 this priest is just a man. 
This priest is just like me. I can just confess my sins directly to God. I don't need a middleman. This is, again, ego and pride and my excuses of not wanting, again, to conform Jesus to the lifestyle that I want, to make him my puppet. And again, the same way that God uses a doctor to heal the body is the same exact way, and some of us know this, but I want you to just keep this in mind for the people who we come in contact with. The same way that God uses the doctor to heal the body is the same way that God uses the priest to heal the soul. God does not need the doctor, and he doesn't need the priest. But throughout salvation history, God has always used man. Why did he use Moses to take his stick and put it in the Red Sea to part it? But when it comes to confessing our sins to a priest, the truth is in today's gospel reading. In today's gospel reading, what does it say? It says, Jesus says to his apostles, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Whose sins you, my priest, my first twelve priests, my hand-chosen priest, are not. They, whose you don't forgive are not forgiven. Again, we want to make God in our own image and likeness. I did. I did. But the gospel is the gospel. God's words, we can't manipulate them and say, no, 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 that doesn't mean that. God is very clear. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Whose sins you do not forgive are not forgiven. So as I start to take this more serious, as I start to humble myself, which is hard, I start to humble myself and say, okay, God, this is something that you gave to your first priest 2,000 years ago. It's something that needs to be done again today. That through your priest from 2,000 years ago, the 12 apostles, until today, this truth, I was convicted by it, has to be what you say it is. So I started, right? And what's interesting about there, what Jesus says is he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. That breathing on comes from the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, God breathed, he took, he breathed air into Adam's nostrils, which brought him back to life. So when he breathes on the apostles, the Holy Spirit's a sign of life. He's breathing on them saying, go and bring life to people who are dead in their sins. That's all of us. And we want to say, no. I did. That's not for me. I'll just confess directly to God. But when we do that, brothers and sisters, we're not convicted by the power of God and how he wants to give us his power today. We're going to find our power somewhere else. In my work, I'm going to find my power in money. I'll find my power in my Instagram followers. I'm going to find my power somewhere else rather than getting my power through God who says, I give you my power through that door there. And actually, we want to put an H on that door as a hospital. Right? That's where we get operated on. And so two other, this is the, the truth, right, of, of, of confessing our sins to a priest. So as I start to fall more and more in love with this, con, this confessing my sins to a priest versus just me doing it to God directly, it started to change my heart. And then all the sins which were up to my ears, which prevented me from hearing God's voice, because that's what sin does, as I, started to convince my, as I started to confess my sins, I was able to hear his voice over time to say, will you be my priest? All of us want to do God's will. How many of us are not able to do God's will, or not hearing what God's will is, because we're filled to our ears with sin, pride and ego and excuses, and say, I can just confess directly to God. Well, that's not what the scriptures say. We cannot conform God to be what we want him to be. And the third and final truth from today's readings, is that although God gave us a Bible, he also left us a church. 
Today's gospel ends with St. John saying this, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. All of us, some of us at least, know some people who, even fallen away Chaldeans, who have become Protestants, and nothing against our Protestant brothers and sisters, who say, if it's not in the Bible, I don't follow it. I don't need a church. Well, I take them back to this verse from today's gospel. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. You know, there was no Bible until 382 years later after Jesus. So what was happening for those 382 years? People were talking about Christ and traditions and Mary and the Eucharist through what? Through the mouth. It's not written in the book. The book is important, as we already established. And it's a reliable word of God. But the church, the Catholic church, whom Jesus established 2,000 years ago, and how we know that Jesus established the Catholic church is because from Pope Peter, the first pope, until Pope Francis today, over 2,000 years, there's been an unbroken line from generation to generation when it comes to traditions and interpretations of the Bible. So as I came into this church and I became convicted of this church, I thought to myself, I want to give my life, this truth, I want to give my life to the church. It's like falling in love. It's like falling in love. So this conviction. So today I just share these three truths with you of how I got in my journey, how I got here. Right, that Jesus is God, as we saw in the first reading. Jesus commands me to confess my sins to a priest. That was in the gospel reading. And the third is also in the gospel that besides the Bible, we have the church and how easy it is for us to just miss mass sometimes or just interpret what I, again, want from the scripture verses versus listening to the church who is the one who's been given authority with the Holy Scriptures. So today I just ask for three things from you guys. Pray for your priests. We need it. As I said, we're in constant scrutiny, right? And we are just men and we are weak. But I tell people all the time, that's why I try to go to Mass every day. It's not because I'm a priest. It's because I'm weak, and I need him. So your prayers are necessary. If you love us, or you hate us, or we hurt you, that's even more of a reason to pray for your priest. No priest, no Jesus, brothers and sisters. Because the world out there says, you don't need a priest. There's this Pastor Bob who went to Bible school for three years and got his degree online over the Internet. And he's, he's a great pastor, and they have great music. The devil wants to destroy the priesthood. So your prayers are necessary and mandatory, please. Second, don't gossip about us. We give you a lot to gossip about. But don't engage. As I already said, defend us. If we're wrong, we're wrong. But dancing at a wedding or... Having a drink with my friends while I'm, I'm at a restaurant, like, it's unnecessary, right? And that's what I'm saying. And I said this before, maybe to you or to a different crowd. Me and my sister did not actually travel in the same car for my first three years of priesthood. And I would let her meet me at a restaurant because I don't know what people would say. That's the microscope of the priesthood today. So don't engage. Don't gossip. We're not always perfect, as already established. So praying for us. Don't engage in the gossip. And third, encourage people to become priests. We all know good men who'd make great priests. 
and we need new good men to step up. So encourage your friends that are single, even if they're engaged and it's not working out, just tell them to <laughs> save them the, the hassle of marriage, right? I could just <laughs> encourage good men. Hey, have you ever thought about being a priest? I see priestly qualities in you. Have you ever thought about it? So to really encourage men to step up and answer the call. Right? We're blessed here at Mother of God specifically because myself and Father Parent are the vocations director for the diocese. So if you ever want to talk to us, we won't tell your parents, so come and see us sometimes. But pray for us, don't gossip about us, and also encourage other good men to step up. Amen? Amen. Amen.